we're not a outsourced partner. We're part of the team. We're just we're just extension of their company, just like their employees are. Conquer local. It's really a breath of fresh air. Good times. I help leaders go from anxiety to authority under pressure. And then let's go and get it. It's an ecosystem. The hardest part here is going to be getting me to shut up on this one. Conquer Local with Vendasta. Hosted by Jeff Tomlin. Welcome to the Conquer Local podcast. Our show features successful sales leaders, marketers, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs who will inspire you with their success stories. Each episode is packed with practical strategies as our guests share their secrets to achieving their dreams. Listen in to learn the highlights of their remarkable accomplishments and get tips to revamp, rework, and reimagine your business. Whether you're a small business owner, a marketer, or aspiring entrepreneur, the Conquer Local Podcast is your ultimate guide to dominating your local market. Tune in now to take your business to the next level. I'm Jeff Tomlin, and on this episode, we're pleased to welcome David Reske. David is a founder and CEO of Now Speed Marketing, a digital marketing agency that offers services in SEO, PPC, content marketing, social media, and web design. Under his leadership, the company expanded its scope and acquired three other digital marketing firms over 20 years. David graduated from the Ohio State University's Fisher College of Business with a bachelor's in business administration with a focus on marketing. He then began his career at NCR Corporation as a sales executive before moving on to establish his own venture, Onward Technologies, one of the first website design and development firms in the United States. He contributed to the digital marketing field through his book, Digital Marketing in the Zone, and by hosting the In the Now podcast. David is also an adjunct professor at Boston College, where he teaches a course on business planning. Outside of his professional endeavors, he's been actively involved in the Entrepreneurs' Organization, serving as the Boston chapter president and later as a board member. Get ready, Conquerors, for David Reske, coming up next on this week's episode of the Conquer Local Podcast. David Reske, welcome to the Conquer Local Podcast. Thanks so much for taking some of your very valuable time out of your day to spend with us in the podcast. Jeff, it's great to be here with you. Well, um, you know, one thing that I wanted to jump in and talk about is a, as a guy that's started a, a number of companies and, and exited companies and grown a very, very successful agency at scale. Um, one of the things that's at the top of my mind right now is we're doing a lot of uh, team building leadership work. And one of the things that, you know, we, we talk about often here at Vendasta is how important the team is and having the right people around you. And uh, so maybe just from your perspective and growing your businesses over the years, maybe talk, talk to me a little bit about the, um, how you see, you know, the value of team and, and getting the right people around you as you, as you build a successful company. Yeah, well, it's so important to build the right team. Uh, you know, I think of that as one of the core functions of the CEO or founder is really building the team. So uh, yeah, that, that's so important. But, you know, I, I've been in, running this agency. I started it over 20 years ago, and I've made so many mistakes in that regard. And I hope none of the people who I've made mistakes on are listening to this now. But, uh, you know, hiring is very difficult. And uh, I've learned early that I'm just not the best at it. In our company, I tend to be very optimistic with people. I tend to believe everything they say. I tend to give them the benefit of the doubt. I want to give yeah. everybody a chance. So if it was, you know, it was up to me, I'd give the, you know, the 22-year-old new college graduate responsibility for our largest client and our biggest campaign, and my team would shoot me in the back of the head. 
So (laughs) what I learned many years ago was I need to uh, delegate hiring to a team of experts who are really responsible for delivering great services to our clients. And then they, the people who are going to be working with the people that um, that uh, we'll be hiring are the best people to evaluate them. So we've created a very detailed hiring process. Um, starts with you know recruiting, being bringing the right candidates, and then taking them through inter- series of interviews with the people they'd be working with, and then and then ultimately having a team of people evaluate and judge them and score them, uh, giving them you know some tests along the way. So. Uh, you know, I'm not the best at it, but I think our team has uh, has really developed a really good process around it. You know, I, I think that that's so important that that uh, the idea of having a process, and I, you know, you know, so many companies that don't build out formal processes because it seems like it can be a fairly straightforward thing. You know, you 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 have a, a certain workflow perhaps for for hiring people, but really having a system is important in order to get. Uh, you know the right people aligned on your team, the people with the right values, the right skill sets, and people get going to mesh. We use and have been using sort of the 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 WHO framework from um, from the famous book, and it, you know it's it's it, it's put a lot of structure to our hiring process, which sometimes isn't you know the most attractive for for some people, but it, it sure puts a lot of rigor in in place, and and it leads to great results. Uh, you know, when you have those systems yeah, in place. You, you absolutely have to do that. You know, I mean, in, in an agency or any business, um, once you get past those early days of figuring out like what people will pay you to do yeah. and, uh, you know, creating your initial product and services and focus, creating systems and processes is the only way to scale it mm-hmm. and grow it with any keeping any sanity. So uh, that's something we've done a lot of and it's really worked well for us. By the way, I chuckled a little bit when you when you started because you talked about you know the, you made a lot of mistakes throughout your your days and learned from. It's a recurring theme. I can't tell you how many of my recent guests that I've had on we've we've talked about that topic. You you, you really do learn a lot more from the mistakes that you've made over your years uh, than you know your the, the the successes which you like to reminisce about the about the takeaways from those too. But um, it's a, it's a process. Any any. And it's good for new entrepreneurs to really internalize that too. Hey, you're going to make mistakes. Just, just make sure you learn from them and uh, and continue on. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think one of the things you learn is some mistakes are fatal mistakes. Try not to make those. Yeah. I've made those, yeah. and that those are bad. Um, <laughs> and other mistakes are not fatal. Uh, but you have to pick yourself up off of you know off of each mistake and keep coming back. Um, and things happen to you that are not the result of mistakes, too. So you have to kind of uh, understand that as well. But there is a there is a way to avoid mistakes as well. So it's not just, yeah. uh, you know, I, I've made a lot of mistakes that I didn't have to make in hindsight. If I had gotten better advice, hired better people, hired better consultants, yep. done more planning, done more. You know, there's a lot of mistakes that you don't have to make. Yep. So not just a badge of honor that, hey, you make mistakes, you you know, you're fine. You know, <laughs> try, try, try to avoid them. But, yeah. but we, we all, so, you know, get over it and keep going, right? Yeah, there you go. Well, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about the agency world. And, uh, you know, this obviously you've been tremendously successful in, in your endeavors. Um, it, it's a, you know, there's a lot of competition out there and the landscape's changing a lot. Um, maybe talk a little bit about um, how, how, how you think 
agencies can effectively go about packaging, you know, the the services that they offer in order to stand out in, in today's day and world? Yeah. So packaging your services is so important for any services business. If you're a plumber, if you're an HVAC person, if you are, you know, an agency. So in any services industry, you've got to figure out what you're going to do, how much you're going to charge for it, or you'll just lose your shirt through the whole process. So I think it's very important uh, as an agency to make choices about the service that you're going to deliver and what it takes to deliver that service. So I think of it as really productizing the service. So you, you can just show up and say, hey, hire me as a consultant and pay me per hour and I'll do whatever you want, right? That, that's certainly a legitimate business model. That's a, that kind of relies on hiring great experts, letting them go, and, um, and then just letting them work for clients. It's really an alternative to hire, you know, them hiring yeah. people. So that's one way to go. Most agencies, though, move in a direction of packaging the services. That is to say, define the service offering. You get a, you know, a 15-page website for this much money. It's going to take us this long to build it. Here's our methodology. Here's the steps in the process. The great thing about that is it gives the client confidence that you know what you're doing, right? You, that, that they know what they're buying. They're not just hiring some people who are going to work for well, as long as it takes to do something. They're going to buy, you know, it's in this case, example, a website. It's this big, this complicated. Here's what it includes, here's what it does include. So, you know, it's more like, you, I use the analogy of building a house, right? So if you go to build a house, you could just say to the, to the builder, hey, just send some guys over and build and we'll figure it out as we go. You know, bring some material, you know, and then we'll get some new material later. And that you can yeah. you can definitely build a house that way. It's just going to be very expensive, right? Yeah. And um, you'll be very frustrated at the end of the day. So better, better to define what you're going to build, what it's going to take, what's included, what's not included. It takes work, but you're going to be better off as an agency once you get that done. Let me ask you about, you know, some of the most common services, some of the most important pieces in different agency packages are sometimes not always the most, um, the easiest to scale, you know, from a, from a, an agency point of view, specifically, you know, paid advertising, uh, in inbound organic search, um, social media work. Um, sometimes, you know, they can be challenging to execute and, and to do it at scale. Um, maybe talk a little bit about how you incorporate those into, uh, you know, the, the, the productized packages that you, that you offer and, and can do it in a scalable way. So those are core services. So digital advertising and Google, Facebook, Instagram, you know, all the major channels, uh, SEO, uh, as well as social media, content marketing. And we, you know, we also on a project basis, we do things like website design development. So those um, marketing services, let's say, demand generation services, we, we've been doing them for a long time. So we, we started doing uh, PPC in 2003, added SEO like the next year, and uh, been doing social media since probably 2010. So the things that really kept us sane and do a good job with that is um, defining the service offering. So, and I, and I actually wrote a book called Digital Marketing in the Zone. So I kind of laid out the steps and in, in the in the methodology of the book and it's you know on our website as well but defining what the client gets so you know example in um in paid search you know you can do the, the challenge in that is there's an infinite number of things you can do in paid search to be successful right so yeah. you can create an infinite number of ads you can create an infinite number of landing pages you can create an infinite number of offers you can use 
dozens of channels. You can run infinite number of keywords. So the, the challenge is you've got to limit those. And once you have experience and know what to do, it's, you know, the best opportunities are no longer infinite. You know that this is the most likely set of things that are going to be successful. And that's what you include in the service offering. So instead of saying, we're going to do an infinite number of ads, you say, well, in a typical campaign, we're going to set up 10 ad groups in four campaign sets. And you kind of limit it to what you know from your experience is going to be successful. And maybe sometimes you'll give the client some grace and some flexibility, but you kind of limit it, you know, to what the work, the work that you think is going to be necessary to achieve the client's goal. And, um, you know, that, that's very helpful. Um, and I guess, you know, sticking to the things that you know really well is what one way of de-risking uh, things too. And uh, in your book, you talk about controlling your spending in order to sort of de-risk your digital marketing. Um, something that we think about a lot, you know, in, in, the, in the software world, um, we talk about agile methodologies. And at, really at the core, the whole agile philosophy is all about de-risking. You know, doing things in iterative approaches to de-risk your, you know, the projects that, that that you're working on, and to validate assumptions that you're making in order to de-risk them. So maybe talk a little bit about your your approach to to manage risk. Yeah, absolutely. And so in you know in advertising, we like to take the same approach. And and the beauty of uh, digital advertising is you can really make small bets and see them pay off and then test different things and invest in really what works. And it's often a mistake that clients, uh, some clients have too much money and they want to start too big before they really know what's going on. We had a client a couple of years ago with a, a B2C product and they wanted to start out spending like a hundred thousand dollars a month. And it was Christmas season and they were, they were like, they were concerned they were to miss the season. So they increased the budget from there. And we, we kind of said, look, we don't have the model. We haven't broken the code yet. We don't, we, we're not a positive ROAS. We're you know, seeing these campaigns work. These campaigns are not working, but we're not at a point where we can really scale the spending and produce positive results. And they said, doesn't matter. Keep spending, keep spending, keep spending. And then at the end of the day, they were not happy, surprisingly, and it didn't work. Yeah, so we ha you have to get to a place where you can make small bets. Sometimes you know what works and we know in certain industries what's going to work based on our experience. We know that these types of offers, these types of landing pages, these types of keywords, these ad sets, when you get this cost per click, this conversion rate, this conversion to you know MQL, this is going yeah. to work. But some markets you don't know it's going to work. So make small bets, incremental changes, get one channel working, one campaign working, whether it's, you know, Google PPC, get that working, maybe then add Google Display, then add LinkedIn, then add, you know, another campaign set, expand from one product to another product and take incremental steps. If you can afford the time to do that. Now, if you have infinite money and budget an issue, do it all and then you'll know faster what works. But if you don't have infinite money and you, you are accountable for the money, take small steps, make small bets, find out what works and then expand it. And that works every time. You know, because something's, we're always going to find something that works. Your, your story reminds me of a, a fellow Bostonian, um, Mark Roberge, uh, and uh, from uh, former CRO from HubSpot. And he's, uh, in a talk that he's been doing recently, 
um, talks about potholes in in growing and growing as a as a SaaS company in his, in his case. And uh, I remember in one part of his talk, he said, "So you've just raised some money now. D- tell me, please tell me, you're not going to go out and hire two dozen salespeople right off the hop, and and uh, and throw all that money into it." And you know, one of the things he talked about was sort of an iterative approach. Okay, you started out with some some ad spend, and you've got X number of salespeople, and it's working. Okay, add another salesperson. In- increment your spend. Add another one. See if it breaks. Add another one, see if it breaks, and and, uh, and so, anyways, it reminded me of your story exactly. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, bigger companies that have the model figured out, and they 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 almost by definition have to have it figured out. They're, they've gotten big, right? Yeah. So they they have a successful brand, they have happy customers, they've got a product that works. Those are all great advantages. You know, a lot of smaller companies or startups. They don't have an established brand. They don't have the product quite, you know, working. They might have the minimal viable product, but they don't have the product that everybody wants. They don't know maybe what the pricing is. There's a lot of unknowns. And in that environment, you got to start small, incremental, and grow. Now, if you have all of that figured out, great brand, salespeople ready to convert leads to sales, website that's converting, you know, um, offers and content that really works. Then it's a matter of optimizing the, the campaigns and channels to grow it rapidly. But if you don't, you know, you've got to take some steps to kind of get there. So it's when you have that whole, you know, that omni-channel or that all that, all those figured out that you can really scale it and be successful. Um, but you got to do the hard work and get there. 100%. Um, you know, we have the, uh, the, the luxury and we've had a pretty good track record of getting an awful lot of wisdom uh, join us on the show here. And uh, this space really is moving quickly. Things change quickly and the trends evolve and you've got to stay on top of them. So I always like to, you know, ask my guests, you know, what what are the most important trends that you're paying attention to right now? And any particular technologies that you think are going to play a really big role in, you know, over the next little while that, that marketers and agencies really need to think hard about? Well, AI is the obvious trend. Yeah. So we're all watching what's happening with products like ChatGPT and Bard to see how they're changing things. And there was some fear, you know, maybe when these products first came out that they would just replace uh, marketers. So, you know, yeah. hey, do you really need a marketing department when you got AI? It can do the whole thing for you. And what we're really realizing is AI is, um, at least in our business, is just an important enabler that lets us create content rapidly and effectively. Um, to cover all the content the client really needs. So one of the challenges in in my world is often you'd start campaigns and or you'd be doing SEO or building out the website and creating content is expensive. And it it was always expensive. So, you know, like, because really you want, in an ideal world, you'd want, um, you know, say three or four dimensional content that you want content for all your products and services, for all market segments, across all phases of the buyer's journey, in every form possible, case studies, white papers, guides, website content, testimonials, all of that, right? Yeah. So that's a big matrix of stuff. And AI lets you start building and getting to the place where you do that. Now, if you just let AI create random stuff, it's gonna be meaningless to somebody on your website. You just say, hey, I just want all, it could create all that in an afternoon. But really it takes a lot of strategy and thought to think about really what type of content is appropriate for every step in the buyer's journey for that product, for that segment. So that, that strategic thinking, 
and then SEO optimizing that is really uh, an important step. So it's kind of marrying this new technology that makes it cheaper and more effective to create that content with strategic thinking around campaigns that are going to actually produce results. So that's a huge trend that we're thinking about. Yeah. So we could we could talk about that one all day. There's there's no, more, but no, any no, thoughts on no that? Kidding. Have you seen the same thing? Yeah, seen the same thing. And and I'll just bolt on to your thoughts. Uh, one thing that. You know, people have been, like you said, they've been hesitant to jump on and, and use AI, especially, and in the in the SEO community, there was challenges that, hey, well, AI-generated content doesn't necessarily rank as well as stuff written by by humans, but I think it's about using the prompts. Um, you know, Rand Fishkin from over, uh, uh, of, of SEO Moz fame, and, and I remember him talking in one of his, um, little whiteboard sessions uh, about the value of uh, writing content. I think it still holds. Like you have for your content marketing to be effective, you have to write content that's ten times better than anything else that's out there right now. And but doing that, you know, it takes a lot of work. It takes you know whether it's your own proprietary research or it's looking at things a different way, coming at uh, at at problems from different angles and and it's about the medium too but um if you th if you think about it and and you think about the application of ai if, uh it can help you create amazing content but you have to drive that and uh um and, and it can really help scale the the development of of world class content that that gets attention yeah absolutely i'm i mean i'm personally thinking of it right now and i'm sure this is a very imperfect analogy is like the you know, imagine you had a, 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 you know, a new college grad that was really smart. You get the, you know, the Harvard educated grad. She's in your office, ready to do something and eager and excited and can, and can write anything is brilliant. You can research anything, uh, but doesn't really know much about the world and how the pieces fit together and the strategy you're doing. Um, but if you, you know, take, you know, let work with that assistant and just, you know, go through, you know, research steps and gather more information and um in chat gpt is like that but allows you to iterate much faster than a human even a brilliant person could do and so kind of engaging with that uh tool and um, iterating your thoughts and asking new questions and getting more research um, it lets people who have experience leverage that experience much faster than we could in the past so we get not only one you know, new college grad researcher, we get on, you know, an infant number because we can leverage that so much faster at a ridiculously low cost. Yeah. So it's a, it's an amazing tool for all of us. And that, that type of application and process is what I'm seeing people that are doing it, um, the best in the world. That's the way that they're, they're sort of, they're approaching it. Um, hundred percent. Um, David, uh, if you had a, a couple of takeaways for the audience, the things that you want to stick in their head, and want them to remember, uh, what do you think that'd be? Well, one of the things I'm thinking a lot about right now as an agency is building long-term relationships with our clients, because that's just the key to any agency's success. And so, you know, what I want to do is I want to make sure that we are a long-term partner with our clients. I think there's some companies that see working as an agency is like, uh, it, 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 it's, it's an evil thing. It's a necessary evil. I got to do it. I'll do it for oh, a few weeks, a month. As long as I have to, but then I'm going to hire somebody as soon as I can to get rid of that evil agency, right? Because they're ripping me off or they're trying to do something. 
And I hate that. I just yeah. hate that whole approach because we want to be long-term partners with our clients. With our best clients, we're, we've been with them longer than any of their employees have been with them. You know, we, we're yeah. not a outsourced partner. We're part of the team. We're just, we're just extension of their company, just like their employees are. And in the remote world, we don't even feel any different. Yeah, we might have a different email address, but we're part of that team. And so that's where I'm, my head's at right now. So using our tools, use our expertise to build those long-term relationships, not adversarial. You know, I hate the, you know, the new CMO comes in. It's almost a cliche in our industry. The new CMO yeah. comes in, fire the agency, yeah. bring in the guy. Like, what? what's the point? Figure out how to work with the team you got. Yeah. We've got enough people. If you don't like, if you don't like the way that, you know, Bob's dressing, work with Susan, right? So there's, we lots of people to, to, you know, like build a collaborative relationship where you can really leverage the strengths of that team. There's always, there may be a reason to change. Let's say no one is ever going to change agencies ever, but figure out how to build a long-term partnership with your agency for mutual success. That's, um, that's what I really want to do. I, I, I love that takeaway. You know, um, it's, it, they say it's about three times more expensive to acquire a brand new customer than it is to, to, to keep and work and expand the, the, the ones that you have. And, um, makes a lot of sense by the way your approach to me as you started out talking about the value of team and and getting the right people in the bus because uh, you know there's a saying that I love to quote probably quote it too often but uh, it's you know your customers are never going to be happier than your employees and uh, when you've got a mm-hmm. great team around you it sounds like you're you're pretty well positioned to um, uh, be successful in your in your quest to build long-term relationships with those clients we're doing our best so every day every day we walk wake up and figure out how to help our clients be successful. So we're that, you know, we're always trying to make a difference. So we want clients who can be collaborative and engage with us and, you know, enjoy the experience of working. And if something's not working, we want to, there's going to be problems and issues. We want to be collaborative and work together to solve those and get them to a place where they can be successful. David, it's been a privilege uh, spending a few minutes to chat with you. And uh, thanks for the wisdom that you're sharing. Uh, If people wanted to continue the conversation with you, reach out to you. How do they contact you? Well, you can easily find me on uh, LinkedIn. Uh, just search for David Resky. It's a pretty unique name. Or go to our website, nowspeed.com. David, I wish you all the best and uh, hope you can come back and do this again sometime in the future. Great. Jeff, thanks for having me. I really appreciate the conversation. Well, there you have it. I hope you've enjoyed our conversation with David as much as I did. You know, a main takeaway from our chat is building long-term partnerships David mentioned the importance of establishing long-term collaborative relationships with clients. I appreciate how he suggests viewing the agency not as a necessary evil or a temporary solution, but as an extension of the client's company. Leveraging tools and experience, according to David, fosters mutual success to establish the agency as a long-term partner. You know, another key takeaway there is around risk management. You know, David said the significance of defining and packaging services strategically, you know, by clearly outlining methodologies and processes gives clients a confidence that uh, you as an agency will be able to deliver. He also advised a cautious approach to budget allocation, especially in digital advertising. Rather than kicking it off with large campaigns, David suggests taking small incremental steps to manage risks effectively and scale based on proven success. You know, I like what he said about taking small bets. You see what's working, and that just makes sense. Uh, If you've enjoyed David's episode discussing growing and selling agencies, 
Keep the conversation going and revisit some of our older episodes from the archives. Check out episode 639, Key Steps and Strategies to Prepare Your Agency for Sale with Richard Parker, or episode 618, Mastering Partnerships and Go-to-Market Success with Barrett King. Until next time, I'm Jeff Tomlin. Get out there and be awesome. You've been listening to the Conquer Local podcast presented by Vendasta. Tune in next week for a new episode. Guest discovery and produced by Suleiman Adam. Marketing by Rory Lawford, Brandon Moore, and Suleiman Adam. Executive producers, Brendan King, Jeff Tomlin, and Suleiman Adam. Recorded at Vendasta headquarters on the Canadian prairies.